Uh. Good morning. Thank you for enjoying it with a six pack. Uh, I'm your host, Kedrick Stumbrist. Thank you for listening to the Scotty Six Pack podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts or on YouTube. YouTube.com slash at Scotty Six Pack. While you are here, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, and hit the bell so you get notified as soon as we put episodes live. And I'll tease a little bit of, we might have a little bit of a surprise episode live uh, later on today. You can follow me, Kedrick Stumbrist. On the website, formerly known as Twitter, at Kedrick Stummers, and follow the podcast at Scotty Sixpack for the latest updates in Wisconsin sports. All right. If you are watching on YouTube, you'll see I've taken the mic off the stand. I'm, I'm sitting back. I'm laid back. Because this feels like a moment in time that we need to just lay back, relax, take a deep breath. It's three games. It's just three games. And, of course, what I am talking about is the three-game losing streak that the Wisconsin Badgers are on. And it's not great. It's definitely not what I would prefer. Um, But there are worse things (laughs) that could be happening. And I saw someone in... A couple of places, I, I guess I saw multiple people in a couple of different places being like, are we on the bubble of the tournament now? Is this knocking Wisconsin out of the NCAA tournament? No. No. Stop. Stop. You do not get to be a top 10 ranked team in the country with a resume, like in February, with a resume that can't withstand a couple of quad two losses everything is fine this this stinks and and there's definitely some reasons for concern and we should talk about them but the big picture questions about this team and what it can do in march have remained largely the same now i think the thing that takes quite a bit of juice out of this season is that there really is no path to winning the Big Ten anymore. Uh, Wisconsin is actually now projected, according to Ken Palm, to finish third in the Big Ten, uh, one game behind Illinois and four games behind (laughs) Purdue, which, keep in mind, Purdue is projected to win the league by three games. Okay. Uh, I think they won by three or four last year. Um, So that really, winning the Big Ten regular season title is really the only thing that Wisconsin no longer has in front of it and everything else is still there this is absolutely still a team that can reach the second weekend of the ncaa tournament this is absolutely still a team that could go on a run and even maybe win the big Ten tournament if that's something that is important to you but the concerns that have made it so that this isn't a team that could win the big 10 tournament or sorry, that could win the Big Ten regular season title anymore, are getting louder, I guess I would say, because we've seen multiple performances with these concerns now. And I want to start in the front court with Stephen Crowell, because I thought, you know, his his front court mate, as you might put it, uh, Tyler Wall, I thought had another really solid game. 
He went six of seven from the field, put up 12 points uh, for rebounds. He didn't grab any offensive rebounds, but I, I thought Wisconsin performed pretty well going through Tyler Wall. Uh, he had two turnovers, but produced three steals. So I, I thought that was a solid performance by Tyler Wall, if not you know, the best performance that you could have. Definitely not as good as his performance against Purdue, but I thought he had a pretty good game overall. Um, Wisconsin needs Stephen Crowell to play better. Stephen Crowell did not perform well against Purdue. He performed okay. He did not play well against Nebraska. Nebraska, the Patriots could not play through the paint at all in that game. And then this game comes and Stephen Crowell has three points on one of four shooting and makes one of two free throw attempts. It was the Nebraska game that Stephen Crowell and Tyler Wall combined to put up seven shots from the floor. And Tyler Wall responded against Purdue by having one of the best games of his career, quite frankly, that I can remember. And now Stephen Crowell has put together another performance where, and yeah, foul trouble was, it was a big part here. And, and this goes kind of hand in hand with what my concerns were with his performance against Purdue, which was not necessarily that he had a bad offensive game, but that he had used two of his five fouls against non-Zach Eadie Purdue players. And that hurt the Badgers because Stephen Crowell ends up sitting for the last two minutes of that game at Purdue, or sorry, against Purdue inside the Cole Center because the Badgers are trying to foul to extend the game and Stephen Crowell can't be in the game. Otherwise, he would have risked fouling out. Um, and then in this game, Stephen Crowell picks up his third foul fewer than two and a half minutes into the second half. And then he picks up his fourth foul with 1136 to go. It's not great. Uh, especially when a, a, a guy like Terrace Reed for Michigan has kind of been taking your lunch at times in this game. Uh, I thought that Kellen Voss on the episode that we did earlier in the week when we previewed the uh, th- this game, when we previewed Michigan, Wisconsin, Kellen Voss over at Mason Brew. You can follow him at Kellen underscore underscore Voss on the website, formerly known as Twitter. He had said that this roster construction for Michigan is weird because basically every player feels like a power forward. And I want my starting front court then for Wisconsin to be like full go if that's going to be the case. And, well, Stephen Crowell sat for a lot, a lot, a lot of time in this game. And it's not that Wisconsin really got its lunch taken by any one player in particular. Uh, I thought a Will Shetter performing as well as he did by Michigan. He he was, oh, man, he had a plus nine, plus minus in this game. Um, was quite surprising. I mean, he put up 11 points. You, you had a Doug McDaniel run early on, but before I lose the thread on Stephen Crowell, Stephen Crowell needs to be better than he has been in the past week. His performance at Nebraska was unacceptable. His defense against Purdue was suspect. 
And then he has this game against Michigan where Wisconsin probably needs him in more of this game. It's a four point game and you lose your starting center for huge, huge, huge chunks of it. Uh, Steven Crowell only ends up playing 19 minutes in this game. Uh, that's, I mean, 10, 15 fewer than he typically does. I mean, I'll even go and look it up. The, the hard part is that <laughs> I'm holding the mic for a bit here. Um, but you need more out of Stephen Crowell. Because Nolan Winter, he, he looks fine. Nolan Winter looks really solid. There, there are just these times where he gets... He, he he gets exposed for the young player that he kind of is. And there are some of these times where, you know, it, it's the starting front court of the opposing team, just making great plays. Some of it, you had that on coming to the putback dunk by Zach Edie that Nolan winter was defending Edie on that looked pretty poor at, at that point in time. There is also the, um, Oh, Terrace Reed put together like this really athletic head fake dunk that went over Nolan Winter. I thought that was really impressive, but you just need more uh, out of him. I can't find this uh, minutes. Oh, minutes played. Uh, 19, 28, 37. He put 28 in that game against Purdue, and he had like foul trouble in that game. Uh, so that was nine minutes more in this game at Michigan, 37 at Nebraska, 30 at Michigan State, 26. When is the last time? The last time Stephen Crowell played 19 or fewer minutes in a game uh, dates all the way back to the Arkansas State home opener, which Wisconsin won 105 to 76. The last time Stephen Crowell played 19 minutes or fewer in a Big Ten game was February 22nd, 2023 in a 64 to 52 win over Iowa. Um, imagine some of that is some foul trouble situation last season. He had three fouls in that game, so it doesn't seem obnoxious, but um, that looks to be the only game in the last two seasons that Stephen Crowell has played fewer minutes against a Big Ten, against a Big Ten opponent. And as I continue to scroll, it looks like that might be true over the course of the last three seasons. Uh, if you want to go since December 8th of 2022, Stephen Crowell has only played one other game where he has played 19 or fewer minutes. You have to go all the way back then to December 8th of 2022 in a game against Indiana where Stephen Crowell played uh, just... 19 minutes other than that 13 minute performance against Iowa last season. So that's not good. And I know that was kind of a eh, long, uh, long walk for a short drink of water, but another player that I thought was a little, and I don't even know how to characterize it. Right. And it's the AJ store question. There is some, you have to take the good with the bad with AJ store because he has 20 points on seven of 14 shooting. He, he performed pretty well, but sometimes he just takes these wild, wild, wild shots. And he, like he took as Wisconsin is trying to come back late in this game. 
he took a shot, I think, with something with 10 seconds left in the shot clock. He he takes a three with a hand right in his face with plenty of time left in the shot clock. And it's just the it's the AJ store experience at, at this point is. I don't think that he feels. An internal need to get his shots up. I think that he feels that the team might need him to get his shots up at, at times. And if he can learn to play better through the offense, that will be better for this team. But we've been talking about AJ Store learning to play through the offense better throughout the whole season. I asked Garden a postgame presser, and I, and I mentioned this against, um, I mentioned this in our pod with Kellen too. Asked Garden a postgame presser back in December, I think it was, about AJ Store's shot selection. And Gringard had a pretty long answer, but it was summed up in, in his first sentence, which was, AJ Store is learning what a good shot is. He might still need to take some classes. Um, one of four on three point shooting. AJ, AJ Store just taking some erratic threes of late. Um, of course, he was five of five against Nebraska, so that's fantastic. But I don't know what you're going to do with AJ Store. I think you kind of have to take the good with the bad. I think that's going to be the AJ Store experience. Um, uh, because Wisconsin is still in all of these games. If he can be 5% better, Wisconsin is probably winning some of these games. A player that I thought had some real positives. Chucky Hepburn. Until the last play, of the game. <laughs> until basically the final minute, but I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Uh, Chucky Hepburn, 6 of 11, shooting from the field. All right, 17 points, 2 of 3 on threes. Three of three from the line. That's solid Chucky Hepburn line. And, and like we mentioned in the recap of the. uh, Not in the recap of the Nebraska game, but the preview of the Purdue game. uh, Which was that in the Nebraska game, Chucky Hepburn took, I believe it was 12 or 13 shots from the field. And that was the only time since November Chucky Hepburn had taken double digit shot attempts on the season. Well, he got double-digit shot attempts in this game. And some of them were really high-quality shots. It wasn't that he was just shooting to shoot. Chucky Hepburn was getting to the rim. He he got an and-one opportunity on a drive to the hoop. Uh, he, he is looking like a much more confident scorer in this game. He looked like he came into this game with a mission of trying to create more for himself, which is an element to this team that I think would make a, a really big difference. Um, because if Chucky Hepburn can drive to the hoop with authority and draw in extra defenders, he is a good enough playmaker to make the shots around him. Uh, and, and I think that will take this team a long way in some of these difficult games that are coming up in front of the Badgers. Um, Marcus Ilver, I liked seeing it a little pick and roll action in the first half. That was nice. That was cute. Um, I think he maybe deserves to play a little bit more. Um, Connor Sejan, another 
zero point performance of three from the field. He's having a little bit of a rough time. I think he was minus 11 on the night. Um, not super fantastic. I, I thought that he, he got cooked in one defensive possession in the first half in particular. He, he left Namari Burnett for Michigan on the perimeter uh, to go help Tyler Wall in a double team that I don't think he really needed to leave Namari Burnett for, and that led to an Amari Burnett wide open three. Thought that was bad. It, it was worse because it was followed up by um, Connor Asijin going down on the other end of the floor and immediately turning the ball over, trying to get the ball to John Blackwell on the baseline. So that wasn't a super great sequence for Connor Asijin. Um, Three-point shooting, again, is is killing this team. Chucky Hepburn made two of three, um, which is good considering the kind of three-point season he's having. Uh, but AJ Store one of four. Klesmet, two of five. I guess that's okay. Um, but Connor Sejan, of two. John Blackwell, of two. Nolan Winter of two. And I'm, I'm about ready to say that Nolan Winter needs to stop trying to shoot threes uh, because they look gross every time they go up. Um, I know that's something he has in his bag. I, I know. I know that's something Nolan Winter has in his bag, but it just doesn't look good right now for whatever reason. And all of that combined so that Wisconsin was O of seven from three until less than five minutes left in the second half uh, of seven on, on the second half, I should say. Uh, so that was not stupendous. Um, but yeah, just a weird, weird game. I, I don't think there's anyone to like really punk on for the loss. Like we talk about, we talked about Stephen Crowell kind of in length, but someone is foul trouble, right? Like you gotta, you gotta not foul. And despite that, despite Stephen Crowell, not performing, this Wisconsin team just doubled up Michigan on points in the paint. They, they outscored them 40 to 20, and they were only up four paint points at the half. So in the second half, Wisconsin outscored Michigan by 16 paint points. Is that right? Yeah. In the second, oh, Jesus. In the second half, Wisconsin outscored Michigan 22 to six in the paint. That, that, that was excellent because I, I complained at our halftime space too uh, that Wisconsin was kind of giving the paint away a little bit, a little bit too much to Michigan. Uh, if you follow me on the website, formerly known as Twitter at Kendrick Stumbrus, we go live on spaces every halftime, uh, chat a bit about the game, what's going on, what's going wrong. So I, I guess Greg Gard took that to heart. He, he had said, I, I guess he mentioned it um, as he was running off the court at halftime to hand cats too, that Wisconsin was giving away the paint a little bit. But they, they took that to heart in the second half. They handled it, but just couldn't do enough in other, in other points, too. It's not that Michigan shot the heck out of them uh, on the three as well. Wisconsin had two made threes in the second half. Michigan only had three made threes. Um, but, you know, if, if you're coming in down four already, you you got to do more than just tread water, right? You came into the second half down four, and you ended up losing uh, by four. Weird game. You got to try to flush it. You, I think you really just have to try to flush it. You obviously look at the tape and what you can do better. But for the most part, 
I think you've got to flush the vibes from this game as much as you can. Um, because you came off a really tough home game against Purdue, one that you had a shot in. And there's a chance that this was a bit of a hangover game, but you can't continue to let these losses stack on top of each other. Wisconsin was in the unfortunate position of playing a game and losing a game that they should have won at Nebraska and then playing a game that you are supposed to lose against Purdue. That's a tough spot to be in, but you have to stop this kid. Um, It's not that losing at Rutgers this Saturday would be disastrous, but you would like to win the game. So I think that's going to do it for this this monologue. Uh, Coming up this week on the show, we're going to talk some NBA trade deadline stuff because the trade deadline is something like five hours away. Uh, I imagine that the Milwaukee Bucks are going to make a move. Uh, And maybe you'll see some sirens in your feed because of that. Uh, And so we'll, we'll get that up for you. And then later on, we have a guest lined up who I'm going to be recording two shows with today, actually, um, to preview this Badgers Scarlet Knights game in Rutgers as Wisconsin heads to Jersey Mike's Arena in Piscataway. Uh, We'll break down all things Rutgers because, man, this is a tough game that Wisconsin has to go into on on Saturday against Rutgers. I think this Rutgers team is just fascinating, and I, I know we've talked just a little bit in short about how they have literally one of the worst offenses in the country. And then one of the absolute best defenses in the country. And that being wacky and you as a Wisconsin fan might say, Oh, I know a team with a great defense, but not a good offense. No, this is a whole, whole, whole other level of weirdness. <laughs> um, so we'll talk about that, that this week on the show. Otherwise. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Uh, to the Scotty Six Pack Podcast, the only podcast on the internet talking all things Wisconsin sports to you six times a week. I've been your host, Kedrick Stumbrus. You can follow me on the website, formerly known as Twitter, and follow the podcast at Kedrick Stumbrus and the podcast at Scotty Six Pack for the latest updates in Wisconsin sports. While you're here watching on your podcast platform of choice or on YouTube, youtube.com slash at Scotty Six Pack, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, Hit that bell so you get notified as soon as we put a potential emergency episode as the Milwaukee Bucks make a move at the NBA trade deadline. I think another interesting nugget today is that the Boston Celtics are expected to stay put before the trade deadline, kind of waiting to see what the Milwaukee Bucks do. So we'll see. Maybe there'll be some some knock-on effects from that. Thank you for listening on Wisconsin.